Coming up this half hour, we'll learn about the top pet songbirds, how to improve your bird's immune system, how to identify when your cat is in pain, and who needs to know when you've adopted a dog. We'll start with the top three singing pet birds, a Chewy editorial published August of 2019. First is the appeal of the cockatiel. Cockatiel parrots are known for their powerful, smooth whistle. They're creative songsters that love to sing and whistle and show off. Royce Irwin of Texas has been breeding and showing most types of cockatiels since 1983. He is also a member of the North Texas Cockatiel Club, which began in the mid-1980s to fill the need for cockatiel shows in North Texas and Oklahoma. Cockatiels will do several different kinds of whistles. They seem to really like the wolf calls, but will whistle anything if they hear it enough. Irwin added that cockatiels are likely to teach their whistles and songs to other birds. According to Irwin, his male cockatiel has the stronger vocal ability, but a small percentage of females are also able to whistle. Cockatiels are very sweet and charming little guys, said Lisa Alexis of Louisiana. She has a two-year-old male white-faced cinnamon mutation cockatiel, Snoopy, that loves to sing. He's my little friend with a big voice. When he was just a baby, on his way home in the car, my dad looked at him and started to whistle. Snoopy came out of his traveling cage and whistled back. That's how it all started. He can whistle up a storm. He loves to look in the mirror and whistle at that pretty birdie reflection of his. He will do this for hours each day. I believe the cockatiels are the best whistlers and singers, said Becky Denny of Ontario, Canada. She has a white-faced pied mutation cockatiel named Sydney. He knows several different whistles, which I taught him to do as I conduct him with my finger. Every time I bring him to work at Super Pet in Belleville, he amazes people with his ability to perform. He's a great bird, and I wouldn't give him up for the world. The great singing parrot, the Amazon. Amazon parrots have a long and storied history as songmasters, in part because of their colorful personalities. Diana Holloway, former president of the Amazona Society, said that Amazons enjoy showing off their talents and like to be the center of attention. You usually see yellow-naped Amazons on TV singing. The audience always laughs not just because of the talent, but also because of the bird itself. Amazons puff out their cheek feathers and sway, prance, and head bob while showing off. They are true hams. Her Amazon, Lola, loves to sing Barry Manilow's Cabana song. She gets into singing at the top of her lungs and then makes her song her own by interjecting all kinds of other phrases and operatic arias. It is hysterical. She added that double yellow-headed mamazons are known for their operatic voices. They can run the scales like no other parrot. Suzanne Cochran of Colorado raises Amazons at the Avalon Aviary and believes that in addition to the double yellow-headed Amazon, the yellow-naped and blue-fronted Amazons are the best singers. They love to be vocal. It is part of being a magnificent Amazon, and they know they are magnificent. Cochran said that these parrots like to make up new songs that show off their creativity. I think it's done more when they forget a part of a song or are at a loss for words, though. Although Amazons are enthusiastic singers and can be quite loud, they can be taught to whisper sing, Cochran related. 
Her yellow-naped mother bird, Wolfie, sings soft la-la-las to her babies in the nest. Yvonne Klein of New York has a yellow-naped Amazon, Perry, that greets her with a series of wolf whistles, jungle songs of her own composition, and the occasional Amazonian concerto. We have this little ritual where she sings to me, and after a few bars, she stops, and I'm supposed to fill in the missing musical parts. If she likes the melody, she joins in. If she doesn't, she screeches, no, 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 and we start all over again. She never gets tired of doing this. Perry also sings opera. She loves Gilbert and Sullivan. She sings and dances to We Sail the Ocean Blue, wiggling around and bobbing her head and fluttering her wings. Her version is so funny and fractured that there have been times when I've laughed until tears flowed. Diana Craven of California has three African greys, but her best talker and songstress is her yellow-crowned Amazon, Little Lulu. She learned to turn on the radio by watching me move the switch from radio to tape. Now she moves the switch back to radio, says, good girl, and turns to her cage. Little Lulu sings, take me out to the ball game, which is very clear, all the way to I don't care if I ever get back. She loves to sing Cracker Jack. She also sings, I left my heart in San Francisco. Through to the morning sun will chill the air. I think she misses a few words somewhere, but there's no mistaking what she is singing. She sings herself to sleep very softly, making up her own words and melody, and sometimes she just hums. The beautiful song of the canary. The songs of canaries have inspired people for centuries, but none are more beautiful than the song canaries, which are bred specifically for their vocal abilities. Although the songs of all canaries are pleasant, each is distinct. The German roller has a soft tone, whereas the Spanish timbrado has a metallic sound that can be rather loud. The American singer developed by breeding a roller canary to a border canary is somewhere in the middle. With a melodic blend and a medium sound, and the Belgian water slogger is capable of singing unique watery notes. All male canaries sing, said Vanessa Johnson of the Texas American Singer Canary Club. The only true test for a male is to hear him sing loud and clear. Only male birds engage in full song, but occasionally a female may have a few warbling notes. American singers are bred for song alone. There is no exact sound for the American singer canary. The definition of song in the National American Singer Constitution is a musical sequence of notes and tours naturally given, not too loud or too soft, medium pleasing to the average human ear, varied, full songs, no repetition of short tours or notes becoming monotonous. Kathy Geis, Schaefer of the King's Country Canary Club in New York, has been raising and breeding canaries since 1974. As far as I'm concerned, the red factor canary has the best sound because they're closer to the wild. They still have some kick. They're loud, but with a pretty sound. She added, all canaries will pick up songs from wherever they hear them. Kathy Osher of New Jersey has cockatiels, parakeets, a cock, a Senegal, and a canary. She said, hands down, the canary is the best singer and whistler. My canary whistler sings a wonderful tune, which he has expanded 
since I purchased a CD of Canary songs. He's quickly adding the songs to his repertoire. When we first saw Whistler, he was in a cage with about 10 other canaries, and he was the only one singing. He came home to us singing in his little travel box and continues to delight us with his song every day. Whistler puffs up, filling up with air, and like an opera singer, sings his aria as he slowly deflates. We all, including the other birds in our household, enjoy listening to his songs. His biggest fans are the parakeets. They love him, and he loves them. And now for the portion of the program I like to call, Don't Eat That, except this time these are foods your bird can eat. From the Spruce Pets, May of 2019, written by Allison Calhagen. Foods that can build your bird's immune system. If you're looking for a way to potentially cut down on your bird's vet bills and keep your bird in tip-top shape at the same time, then the answer may not be any further than your kitchen pantry. Medical specialists have long hailed certain foods as being crucial building blocks of the human immune system, so it's not a huge stretch to say that the same could also be true for our feathered friends. Let's learn about some of the most common bird-safe foods that are known to be both healthy and delicious, and that could possibly help your bird build a stronger immune system so that he or she can stave off illness and disease the natural way. First is oranges. In the world of health and natural medicine, oranges are almost synonymous with one very important nutrient, vitamin C. Over many years, leading nutrition experts have figured out that eating vitamin C for good health is more than just an old wives' tale. There is much truth to the notion that it can help fight colds and other types of illnesses. Vitamin C found in oranges and other citrus fruits can boost the level of natural antibodies in your bird system, making it harder for bacteria and viruses to invade your feathered friend's cells. In fact, it can also rev up your bird's production of white blood cells, which can kick into gear to fight off the first signs of an infection before it's able to take hold. Sunflower seeds. Feeding your bird sunflower seeds is another economical and natural way to build your pet's immunity to bacteria and disease. Sunflower seeds are one of the highest natural sources of vitamin E, which is another important fuel that your pet's body can use to build antibodies and strong cells. As a bonus, most pet bird species find sunflower seeds to be especially tasty. But take caution to avoid overfeeding this delicious treat. While sunflower seeds can be good for your bird, they are rather high in fat, and overconsumption can cause some birds, such as cockatoos, to experience unwanted weight gain. Carrots. You may have heard all your life that carrots are good for you, but did you ever wonder why? Well, the answer is because carrots are chock full of beta carotene, which can do wonders for several aspects of your health. For example, it's well known that beta carotene can improve and support proper eyesight, improve circulation and heart function, and can even work to keep cancer cells at bay. These tasty veggies can produce the same healthy results when given to your bird on a regular basis. So it makes sense to include them in a fresh and varied diet for your feathered friend. Peppers. 
A favorite of many pet birds, hot and spicy peppers can also help build your pet's immune function and keep him or her healthy and happy. In addition to improving circulation, peppers can even have a positive effect on the respiratory system, which is very important for birds of any species. Don't worry, it's doubtful that your feathered friend will find them too hot for their liking. Many experts have theorized that birds' taste buds are not capable of picking up on the hot bite of a pepper's juices. And fresh greens. One other good way to keep from having to make so many trips to your avian vet is to make sure that your bird gets plenty of fresh greens in his or her diet, such as spinach and kale. It is normal and natural for birds to feast on greens in the wild, so bringing them into a captive bird's diet is a great way to up your pet's intake of vitamin A and a host of other healthy nutrients. Remember, as a general rule, if a food is good for you, then it will be good for your pet parrot. Feeding your parrot a wide variety of healthy fresh fruits and vegetables will help you make sure that your pet stays in the best possible physical condition. Next, have you ever discovered your cat was in pain and wished you'd known sooner? From the Spruce Pets, here are seven signs that your cat is in pain. Written by Tabitha Kusera, RVT, and reviewed by Nelva J. Bryant, DVM. Updated November 9 of 2020. It can be difficult to tell if your cat is in pain for many reasons. Cat owners may often miss the subtle signs of pain in their cats or do not notice until their cats are showing more obvious signs, such as loss of appetite and lethargy. In some cases, cats only show more obvious symptoms after being ill for an extended period of time or if they are very ill. By the time you actually notice something is wrong with your cat, it might have been going on for longer than you think. Although no one likes to think about their pets living with pain, it is important to be able to notice telltale signs of pain in cats so that you can take the necessary steps to provide comfort and prevent medical issues from worsening. It can be difficult to tell if a cat is in pain. Cats are experts at hiding illness. This is in part because cats are both prey and predator animals and in the wild, not showing pain can protect them from predators or other cats that might be a threat. Showing signs of pain makes them more vulnerable to attacks. It can also be difficult for your veterinarian to notice signs of pain because cats hide their pain due to fear and stress, which is common during veterinary visits. Your cat may also go into fight or flight mode, which can cause a decrease in pain perception. Signs of pain. When cats are dealing with pain similar to humans, it can affect their behavior. In fact, cats often show behavioral changes prior to physical symptoms. It is important for you to know your cat's normal temperament and behavior. This includes your cat's normal attitude, energy level, gait, appetite, sleep patterns, thirst, and other physical and behavioral patterns. Just the slightest change could be a sign that your cat is sick or in pain. Since your cat cannot tell you it's in pain, your veterinarian relies on you to determine if there are any abnormal behavior patterns that may be pain-related. If your cat is just not acting like itself, this can be a sign that they are experiencing pain. Note, changes in your cat's daily habits should not always be contributed to aging. Age is not a disease. 
but as your cat ages, they are more likely to be suffering from pain. Grooming changes. You may notice that your cat is not grooming itself, or if it does groom, it only focuses on its face and the front of its body. Cats are meticulous cleaners, so be aware if your cat's grooming habits have changed or you notice that its coat is unkempt. Behavioral changes. Your cat may be more withdrawn and even start hiding. Our cats are bonded to us and like to be engaged and stay close to us. When your cat is suddenly not greeting you at the door, not sleeping with you, and other engaging behaviors that are normal, this may be a sign that something's wrong. Less activity and low energy. You may notice that your cat has less energy or decreased stamina to engage in previously enjoyable activities, such as playing with toys or chasing that red dot. Your cat may be reluctant to jump, walk up and down the stairs, have difficulty getting up from lying down, exhibit restlessness, and have difficulty finding a comfortable place to rest. You may also notice changes in sleeping patterns. The cat may sleep more or less and may sleep in unusual positions and places. Litter box changes. Cats commonly will miss the litter boxes due to the pain associated with going in and out of the litter box, as well as difficulty squatting. Holding the squatting position can be very difficult for a cat with sore hips or knees. Other medical issues can cause cats to not use the litter box due to pain and urgency associated with them. Increased irritability. Cats in pain can also uncharacteristically have episodes of aggression. A cat may begin to growl or hiss when people or other pets in the household approach it, may not be comfortable with being held, and may resent being brushed or combed. They may bite or scratch too, especially when a person touches or moves the painful area, or if the cat anticipates that you will. Changes in appetite and water intake. Cats who are experiencing pain may lose interest in eating and drinking. If you notice any changes in your cat's eating and drinking habits, be sure to alert your veterinarian. This can be a sign of pain and various other serious medical issues. Posture. A cat in a lot of pain will appear as if it's trying to curl up into a ball or will sit hunched over in a guarded, crouched position with its back curved higher than normal, its head lowered, and front paws often folded under it. You may notice that once it lays down, the cat keeps its legs tucked up underneath itself instead of stretching out on its side. It may avoid or have difficulty engaging in scratching behaviors. What to do if you suspect your cat is in pain? Do not give pain medications designed for humans or dogs to cats. Cats process drugs very differently from other species. Common pain medications used in humans can cause death in cats. Always seek veterinary care and consult your veterinarian for an appropriate pain therapy plan. Consult your veterinarian and address potential pain rather than letting your cat suffer in silence. Our cat companions rely on us to speak for them, so monitor your cats closely and alert the veterinarian to any concerns. Next from the Spruce Pets, who needs to know about your dog adoption? Written by Gemma Johnstone, updated May 23, 2019. Adopting a dog can be super exciting and also nerve-wracking. 
Along with all the gear that you will be stocking up on, there are some people that it could be useful to speak with in advance of your dog coming home to allow you to make their forever home transition as smooth as possible. Your work. You may want to take some time off work when your new dog first arrives to help him settle in more successfully. This can be particularly useful if you want to master toilet training when tackling mild separation anxiety or when integrating them into a multi-dog household and extra initial supervision is required. You might be lucky and work in an environment where your dog could come to work with you, but it will likely have to be discussed and agreed upon beforehand with an accommodating boss and colleagues. The vet. Perhaps you are already registered with a vet for existing or previous pets. If not, it is important to do a bit of research on the vets in your area. Finding an experienced vet with a focus on low-stress handling techniques and one that has a spacious and relaxing waiting area is always desirable. You may want to book them for a preliminary health check once they have been with you for a few days, too. Don't forget to consider pet insurance. Family and friends. If you have regular visitors to your house, it is a good idea to give them a heads up in advance of your new family member arriving. If you don't already have pets, you may discover that a friend has an allergy that you need to consider or that someone is nervous of dogs and introductions will need to be managed more carefully. You may also have some kind of family members or friends who would be willing to help you out with occasional dog walks or overnight stays if they know in advance. If you have a nervous or reactive rescue dog, you may need to restrict unexpected visitors while you're working on building their confidence. If you do have visitors, speaking with them in advance of a visit about how to have appropriate interactions while you're working on building your dog's confidence would be sensible. If you normally babysit, parents may need to make alternative arrangements for a few weeks. Visiting children should be supervised more closely and you should make sure that your dog has a quiet space to retreat to. Your neighbors. Hopefully you have dog-loving neighbors who will befriend your newly adopted dog. Regardless, letting your neighbors know about your new arrival is sensible and courteous. Not only will they likely be more understanding if you're having any teething issues, barking or separation anxiety, but if they have dogs or other pets of their own, then you can plan positive introductions, even if it's just through the fence. If your dogs get along, you could even help each other out with dog walks or sitting on occasion. The dog walker or boarder. Will you be out for longer periods during the day without your dog? If you are, this could necessitate employing a dog walker or booking them into doggy daycare. If you already have another dog or dogs, perhaps you already employ someone. If you do, it is still good to give them an advanced heads up to ensure that they have space for another dog on their walks and even in their vehicle. If this is your first dog, don't forget that good dog walkers can book up quickly. So the sooner you can start making inquiries, the better. You wanna look for a dog walker that does not walk too many dogs at once, has appropriate and safe means of transportation, is transparent and uses positive reinforcement training methods when on walks and someone that is respectful of your wishes. For example, you may not want your dog to be off leash until they are fully settled in and you have had a chance to evaluate 
and work on their recall. Not all dogs are suited to a daycare environment, but if your dog is social and confident and you think they would be a good fit, make sure you visit the facility in, in advance. Evaluate how happy and comfortable the other dogs appear, how many dogs there are in the space, whether they are separated by size and age, if there are sufficient staff supervising, and if they carry the appropriate licenses. If you have a vacation planned and you can't take your dog, you should look into boarding arrangements as soon as possible too. Do you need to ask a family member if they are available to help out? If they will be home, boarded, or going to kennels, you will need to check the dates in advance. Arrange a visit and perhaps book a trial night to make sure that your dog is comfortable and will settle in this different environment. And dog training classes. If you are adopting a puppy or an adult dog that needs some basic training, you could both find it beneficial to attend some classes. Often, reputable classes book up well in advance, so the sooner you can reach out, the better. You want to look for an accredited trainer that uses specific force-free methods. If you know the dog you are adopting is nervous around other dogs, has separation anxiety or another specific issue, it may be better for them and more constructive for you to consider booking some one-to-one -one behavioral sessions with a qualified applied animal behaviorist for more specific guidance. Doing your research and booking the sessions in advance of their arrival could save any delays in being able to start working on a behavior modification plan. And finally, thinking about adopting a pet horse? In this December 20th, 2019 article in the Spruce Pets, Catherine Blackstorff tells us about the time requirements of looking after a horse. One of the most important questions you need to ask yourself is, do you have time to look after a horse or pony? Horses need daily care regardless of the weather, schedules, or holidays. Keeping a horse on your own property is a 365 day a year job. Although you certainly won't be spending all of your time looking after your new horse, it does require a commitment and you'll need to figure out how to fit that commitment into your busy schedule. If you keep your horse at home, you can count on spending at the very minimum 10 minutes feeding and checking drinking water twice a day, 15 minutes taking a horse out to pasture and mucking out the stall, five minutes visually checking for signs of illness and injury daily, and five minutes daily hoof cleaning. Total time, 30 minutes. All of these chores can take much longer and these are only minimum times. There are many things that can affect the amount of time that you'll need to spend caring for your horse. Watering your horse may only take a few minutes in the summer months, but ice and snow can make that a much bigger job. You might find yourself spending time breaking ice out of buckets or lugging water hoses, unfreezing pipes, or unthawing water heaters that stop working. Winter time can make feeding a much bigger job. Bales can get frozen in, or approaches to feeders, gates, and waterers might have to be maintained to keep them safe for everyone. Horses can damage stables, equipment, and fences, and that means you'll spend extra time if repair and maintenance are needed. And that will do it for this week. I'm your host, Mary DeFranco. I hope you enjoyed the program. Thanks for listening. Please join me next time, and don't forget, please spay and neuter your pets. It's healthy for them and the environment.